0: In
1: style. A magnificent strike into the crowd. India lift the World Cup. After 28 years, the party start in the dressing room and it's a, an Indian captain who's been absolutely magnificent in the night of the final.
0: Hello and welcome to a special episode of The Last Wicked. I'm your host, Benny, and I'm joined by a few friends today as we take a trip down memory lane and reminisce about India's win at the 2011 Cricket World Cup. And joining me to talk about the special occasion on its ten-year anniversary, we have Mayank. Hey, everyone. Himanish. Hey, everyone. <laughs> and special guest and friend of the pod, Mino.
2: Hello, everyone.
0: And at the time of recording this episode, Nish is away in sunny California. I mean, can you even say the word California without adding sunny to it? Uh, So we are letting him enjoy his mini vacation in peace. Uh, But do listen in as we talk about our favorite moments from Team India's 2011 campaign, our emotions following the events in real time, and of course, the winning moments and what it all means to us years later. (music) So 2011 was a special year for me, um, not to make this all about myself, but this was the year that I met my wife to be, uh, we actually met at the Chennai, we actually met in Chennai airport at like three in the morning. And then 10 years later, you know, we're happily married with a 10 month old. So I always like look back at that as a, you know, a fond year, um, but it's funny whenever people like ask about our story, like, you know, how did you guys meet? When did you guys meet?" especially when they when they ask like, "When did you guys meet?" like the first thing that pops into my head is like the year India won the world Cup like that is how my brain is wired because that was like a special year because obviously, I was not born when India won the World Cup in nineteen eighty three, so I had no point of reference. Obviously, we all have grown up hearing about how. 1983 was this seminal moment for Indian cricket and all of that. But apart from the 2007 uh, T20 World Cup win, I had never really experienced uh, uh, India winning the World Cup. So for them to win in 2011 uh, in what was such intent to like last World Cup and winning at home, uh, especially with the kind of players we had. So that was, you know, that was, that was a special year. Um, I just wanted to get, all your thoughts, uh, especially you know, leading into the 2011 World Cup, you know, what are the uh, what 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 were your expectations from the Indian team in the lead up to the World Cup? Uh, but first, uh, you know, I, I need to mention Mino, our special guest today is is not a stranger to us. Uh, she is you know one of those people that when I think cricket Twitter, like you're right there on top of the list because we come alive when India starts playing cricket and. We rant, we uh, rave, we, you know, uh, that's our, you know, best way to engage with other cricket fans. So I'm really glad to have Mino on. Uh, so before we really get into, you know, the 2011 World Cup, Mino, do you want to share just a little bit of, you know, your, how you got interested in cricket and then you can kind of talk about you know, the 2011 World Cup, especially your expectations in the lead up to it?
2: Um, Thanks, Benny. How I got interested is thanks to my father. Uh, I'm an only child and he used to watch cricket. I was a TV buff I used to get very irritated that uh, daddy's, uh, papa's watching uh, matches and I don't get to watch my uh, cartoons or my uh, movies or series at that point. Uh, Of course, this is pre-cable days, right? And uh, so I told him one fine day, I got irritated with him. And I said, "Uh, Papa, you have to uh, teach me what this game is about um, because I I just want to watch TV. I I loved watching TV. And he said, fine, we'll do that. And he said, if you're going to get interested in the game, this is not how it works, that you just understand it's a bat and ball, no. Uh, So he took out the world book encyclopedia, uh, laid down, drew the pitch for me, drew the positions for me. And he said, this is other fielding positions. This is how the ball moves. These are the bowling options, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he taught me the game. So, and uh, then that's when I think 91, 92 season was the first time as a school kid, I started following. For a long time in my life, I was the only girl uh, following cricket. Uh, None of the guys took me seriously. When my friends understood when I went to college and the guys understood that I actually understand the game, I'm not crushing on the players. uh, I started getting a bit of acknowledgement from them. So that acceptance took a lot of time uh, for me uh, amongst the guys. And um, that's how I started watching. And then 93 is when India and England Uh, We were hosting England and my dad said, if you really want to enjoy the sport, you have to watch it live at stadium. And he's the reason I got addicted uh, to watching matches live at the stadium. He fulfilled my addiction by taking me to every match at 1K Day. Uh, I think I missed a couple matches as long as I was in India uh, before I got uh, married and moved to Dubai and then to London. And that passion just, uh, continued. So that's my story. It's all thanks to my father and my mamu. Both of them, uh, I think, both of them didn't have sons, and they saw me getting interested. So I guess they really enjoyed <laughs> that bit. I don't think wow. my mother was happy with the fact uh, that I was bunking school in college more and more <laughs> going to the Moms stadium. Mothers are never
0: happy with our cricket. Passion, she's never, she was
2: never happy uh <laughs> she used to kick me and my dad they were like please stay out in the living room when oh my uh, Australia New Zealand matches were on and she used to shut us out she's like please <laughs> don't disturb my sleep so yeah I've done those uh, kind of things I've watched matches alone at the stadium I did not need company I've watched in the company of 20 people um, so I absolutely uh, love the game and it was like I was saying before to you guys it was much easier to follow all teams because there wasn't so much cricket happening there were just seasons um, so it was much easier until 2006-7 be queued into every match that was happening uh, around the world. so that's my story. Um, coming uh, back... all,
0: I, I, I do appreciate you sharing that story and I think a lot of fans will identify with that and I don't mean to just restrict that to men but you know women I think you brought up a good point um, even though if it's, it's slightly unrelated to this but you know when we think cricket fans it's always skewed. especially I feel like in in Asian countries it's very skewed towards like male fans and we don't really consider female cricket fans and if they do follow the men I think it's just like this right oh you you find them attractive it's I think it's a whole other topic for another day but exactly uh, but But
2: I'm happy uh, when I got onto again when I got onto Twitter which was again related to 2011 World Cup um, I didn't come across many male fans again uh, but in the last three four years I'm seeing a lot of girls uh, who are interested a lot of sports writers as well I would have loved to do that if I had the opportunity I did not get the opportunity work took over marriage took over financial responsibilities took over Um, but yeah I mean through my blog uh, through ad hoc uh, opportunities uh, through friends i did podcasts i did a bit of writing ridiff articles etc so yeah i had my share of fun uh, exploring the game but now i do see a lot of women active and it's great uh, it's great to see uh, them being acknowledged and i think another point is being women's cricket is getting a big impetus right now right. so a lot of folks are following women's cricket and the quality has obviously i don't think the 90s uh, it was that engaging as a sport even i am guilty of it i did not watch it as much as i followed the men's game so all that has changed uh, for the good for the better right. and yes i, I welcome more women into this uh, fold i'm not the only one fighting the battle of acceptance so i enjoy it
0: <laughs> all right well let's let's jump, jump let's jump into the 2011 world cup what what were your expectations in the lead up to the tournament
2: I'll be very honest. The day, I think it was 18 months prior to the final or two years uh, when it was announced that the final would be played in Vankiri And uh, I called up my Mamu and I've been a little privileged and lucky and I'll be very honest about it. My Mamu was an MCA club member. I was a Garwari member. So getting tickets to Vankiri was very easy, very easy easy access for us. Um, so when that happened, I told him, look, I'm in Dubai, you have to figure out and keep two tickets for me, I am going to the final irrespective who plays, whether India makes it or not, I don't care. I want to watch a World Cup final in KD in Bombay.
0: Yeah.
2: So and then, uh, but what I realized, and I looked it up to reconfirm this, uh, because obviously, it's been 10 years, right. But India was doing incredibly well in the one day scenario at that point. Uh, after the 2007 debacle, if you see from two thousand eight to eleven, and I actually went and refreshed my memory, looked up stats, India was had a three uh, was third in the win loss ratio and second in terms of number of matches played and won. So they had a good run up, uh, but I thought. I was the only one who had some crazy, weird confidence that India is going to win this World Cup. I cannot, I have no logic to justify why I had that gut feeling or this weird confidence. And I kept fighting with my friends that it's my gut instinct that we are going to win this World Cup. And they were like, what are you on about? I said, no, I'll go to 1KD and I'll watch them uh, lift the cup. You know, that's what I kept telling myself. So they were not underdogs in my opinion. If you see their record in the lead up to 2011, they were not underdogs for sure. But they were not the forerunners because, come on, Australia had an unbeaten record in the World Cup. And what a force Australia, Australian team was. All I hoped is we don't run into them until the finals. But (laughs) that didn't happen. And we'll talk about it when we talk about what was our favorite moment of the World Cup. Uh, But I had a crazy confidence that India would make it to the finals and win the Cup. Okay. So that's what was my expectation.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, let's hear from our other co hosts too. Uh, Himanish, what were what were your expectations?
1: So I was screwed in life generally because I was preparing for the JEE at that time. So I was very screwed. But <laughs> I remember that there was a general sense of optimism about the team. Uh, because if you look at the crop of 2003 and post-2003, uh, Harbhajan, Yuvraj, Yobraj, Nehra, Zaheed, these people had sort of matured into having good careers. They were at their peaks at that time. So we had a well-balanced team. Uh, We had a settled top order. Tendulkar was in form. Sehwag was always there. So we had a very good team. And I remember distinctly, a lot of news channels were very optimistic about our chances. And I felt the same way. And uh, I was happy that we won. But I never expected that we'd go all the way. But yeah, the general feeling was that, you know, this team has been building for this moment uh, since Dhoni took over. And we are playing at home. So the general feeling... Uh, within my friend circle at least, and the TV I watched was that they had a good chance. Mike?
3: What I'll add, Benny, is I think from my side, I, at that point I was starting to blog pretty regularly and um, because I was the college kid who was not really studying, I had a lot of time to review every player of every team. So I wrote this series called The Real Contenders where I talked about every single player of the top eight teams. And I looked up their stats and I looked up their history and and wrote about it and then predicted what the teams would do. And my prediction was a Sri Lanka India final and Sri Lanka winning. So Almost. uh, Almost correct. Yeah, almost. uh, Considering how well they played, especially in the first half of the game, um, that could have been true. So I think I was pretty optimistic. I just feel that I personally thought Sri Lanka was a slightly better position. Um, maybe it was scars of 2007 which made me feel that. Maybe it was also the fact that they were finalists in 2007 and, you know, pretty good team also playing majority of the games at home. So that's why I, I was definitely optimistic, but I felt that Sri Lanka had a slight edge. Mayank,
2: by the way, uh, when he said Sri Lanka will win, I remember my best friend from engineering. uh, I mean, we have like, we are Tom and Jerry. And uh, when I, when he knew, came to know I'm going to the final, he says, oh, enjoy uh, uh, seeing Sangha lift the cup. And he, and collectively amongst our friend circle, we are not Sri Lankan supporters at all, all of us. Like we'll support anybody but Sri Lanka and Bangladesh. And this is how he tortured me for those two days uh, in the lead up to the final.
0: You know. I I don't get where all your guys' optimism came from because I sincerely did not believe India were going to win the World Cup because I've been watching I've been following World Cup since 1996. In fact, it was a trauma of the India's uh, India semifinal with Sri Lanka in '96 that actually, in a weird way, kind of made me fall in love with cricket. So, '96, 2003, 2007, three World Cups where. uh, wait, am I missing one more? 99. Yeah. <laughs> so four World Cups, Uh, all where people were like, yeah, India is like, you know, India should win the World Cup. Like, at least that was the narrative that I always got right before the World Cup. So as a young fan, I'm like, India can win the World Cup, right? Like, that's what I convinced myself. And then only to lose or crash out, like, especially the 99 and 2007, where the worst for me to see India crash out in that fashion. And so when 2011 came about and, you know, people were saying, oh, it's a good team, the only is captain, we're playing in India. And I was like, it would be like a fairy tale if India won this World Cup, which is why I don't believe it's going to happen. I was in a very cynical place, by the way. So <laughs> I just did not believe uh, that India uh, would win the World Cup, which is probably why it made it all the more sweeter when they did. because like you said, like the first innings, right? Like, uh, and we can talk about this later, but it looked like Sri Lanka were in control of the game. And I was like, here we go again. Just like back in 2003, when, you know, Australia pretty much closed out the game. uh, I was like, this is going to be heartbreak all over again, this time, you know, at home. So my expectations were very low. uh, And I thought it was very realistic at that time. Um, but I think it made it all the more special. So let me pivot to, you know, that campaign, India's World Cup campaign, uh, just in terms of your favorite uh, or your standout moments from that uh, from that tournament. I have a few, but I wanted to get uh, your guys' thoughts first. So, so Mayank, why don't you go first and share some of your favorite moments?
3: Sure. So um, I, I watched four games of the World Cup Um from the stands, three of which were India games. So I had a lot of good memories from, you know, the stands and just following with the fans. But my favorite one is of the quarterfinal uh, against Australia. And I think one of the uh, things that happened was I, w- I was sitting on the second tier and we had the third row to ourselves, four of us. And uh, the, the first row was empty. The second row had a few people and when Tendulkar and uh, Sehwag were batting, there were a couple of people who were fighting for seats on the second row. And, um, you know, it just it happens all the time in India. And, and, you know, our view was blocked and we were irritated. Um, and my friend said, uh, Do you want to watch Tendulkar bat or do you want to fight? And they just sort of just quietened <laughs> down and they just figured out their seats. And I was like, Wow. That, I mean, for me personally, growing up, Tendulkar was never my favorite. He's still not my favorite um, player. Oh, wow. And I'm always, you know, controversial. <laughs> 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 and, you know, I never really imagined it that way. But as with all the build up, as Imanish said, Tendulkar's our World Cup as, and all of that, um, in my mind, I always thought that, yeah, I mean, it's important for Tendulkar to win because he's done so much for Indian cricket. But that's fine. Like, I don't really care about that that much. I want India to win. That was my focus. But when I saw that, and, you know, there were some other moments in the stands where everybody was so, so much pro Tendulkar the moment he walked out. Uh, at Motera to you know just warm up before the game the, the crowd level was just another you know something else and all of that just made me realize the, the impact of Tindulkar and to me that still stands out as one of my favorite moments.
2: Okay. So I'll build on to Mayank. Uh, I watched the final right and I watched us win the World Cup. Uh, was that my favorite match of the tournament? No. My favorite okay. match of the tournament was India-Australia because to me the scars of 2003 were very, very fresh. We had an amazing streak in 2000 World, uh, 2003 World Cup. We after that right. first match against against again again Australia where we were bowled out right. for 125, the way we came back and our bowling attack and Srinath, oh fantastic. 2003 is one of my favorite World Cup campaigns. And then to have us the way Zahir bowled and the way we crashed in the final was a sorry, it's, it's very heartbreaking. So for me, Australia was a worry, always. And then we go into the quarterfinals. I am never tensed. I, I get involved, emotionally involved. I am never tensed about our matches. I was at work so i was working in dubai at that time we were staying in dubai so i was going to get the second innings at home the first i was in office because the of day night games since morning i was having acidity bouts yeah i've never had this for a match why would i i don't even know the players i'm not even playing i'm not even closely related and i was having acidity bouts i couldn't eat And I had a great multicultural team. So there was an Aussie on my team. There was uh, Brits. uh, There were Pakistanis. There were Sri Lankans. We were a great set of people. And I just cut off from everybody. And I told my Aussie colleague, don't come in front of me. Seriously, I might abuse you. So just stay away from me (laughs) today. I'm not in the best shape. I was so tensed. And came back and then Gambhir got out at a very crucial juncture. I was fuming, like fuming at home, screaming, yelling. I'm like, this is it, this is really gonna be bad for us. And I said, We can't do this to us. Not in we have to go and win the World Cup. And then Yuvraj and Rena, the way they calmed the nerves. Uh, I think it was one of the finest, finest partnerships I've seen in ODI chasing. Yeah. So that match to me was the standout moment of uh the world cup. and then then i knew i'm like, like oh india pakistan so tensed and what we are going to beat pakistan come on world cup don't you know what we do in world cup to pakistan yeah. what are you all worried about we've done it this is it we're going to sail through so that was my uh, standout moment uh, in the world cup tournament but two, two three innings i want to mention because i really got i enjoyed and involved is uh one was Tross's century uh against us uh yeah. England was chasing 338 and he hit some 150 plus. And England tied mm-hmm. in the match. I have no idea. Such a pathetic team. Your captain plays such a fantastic knock and you going <laughs> to tie the match. Disaster. Yeah. And then Kevin O'Brien for Ireland. Yes. Uh, Ireland chased down 328 or something against uh, England. I think mm-hmm. those two knocks gave me a lot of joy. I remember writing yeah. about them as well for Holding Willey. And I loved those uh, uh, those two innings uh, in that too. So those were my, uh, on the innings front and, uh, of course, uh, on the match front. I remember them very well, very vividly even today.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about the Dhoni moment later, obviously. But uh, for me personally, uh, you know, after 2007, the World Cup was sort of designed to ensure that India stays in the game for as long as possible. And I had always felt this because the groups is 7-7 and and you have to make the top... Top eight, was it, out of the 14? So with that in place, beating Australia, Pakistan, and Sri Lanka in succession was what made it special for me. Like, we deserve mm-hmm. this win because we've gone through those tough teams in succession in knockout matches, and we've beaten them. So I'll I'll mention the Pakistan game because there's this very iconic place in Delhi called Khan Chaja and it's a rite of passage for everyone to sort of go there. So as school kids and in an ocean of misery, you know, J.E. is like a month away. As school kids, we took this one day off at the end of our boards. uh, And we went there, had kebabs and watched Pakistan being bashed by Saiwag. And we won that match later on. So that is one of the memories which stands out for me. um, Apart from the Dhoni moment, obviously, which we'll talk about. But yeah, so that really made it special for me that we beat these three teams in succession. And we had a great day out um, on that day. The
2: semifinal. So a lot of uh, people, you know, to add on to what Himanshu said is that this World Cup was designed for India to be in the game longer, to win, to get to the final. But if you see our opponents in the knockouts, like he said, Australia, Park, Sri Lanka were all at the peak of their game. They were not some uh, terrible teams that we were playing right. against. Also wow. the defending champions and uh, to pull that kind of successive performances Uh, was tremendous so please don't tell us that we didn't deserve to win we fully deserved uh, this world cup victory so all those haters can just uh, take a hike
0: (laughs) it's you cannot overstate how big that win against australia was right because i think only fans who grew up watching the uh, who grew up watching the game in the 90s and early 2000s will truly appreciate how big a moment that was because Ever since I started following the game, right right after the 96 World Cup, Australia won 99, 2003, and 2007. So they had won three World Cup straight. So, and they didn't lose a match.
2: They, right. hadn't, they hadn't
0: lost a match in the past two World they Cups. They hadn't
2: lost a match. They had right. lost right. a match against Pakistan in the league stage in 1999.
0: Yes. 1999, yeah. And then
2: it was Pakistan in the league stage in the World Cup uh, before they got to the quarters that they lost their match. That's, that's yeah. the winning losing streak okay that they had and so they they,
0: of- they would win in dominating fashion right it was right, right. like they would bully the team bully their op- <laughs> opponents into submission so coming into 2011 you know talking about favorite moments for me uh just below the the winning moments the up winning moments and you guys have t- mentioned it already yuvraj saying um the right raina partnership but when i think of moment because i'm a very big feelings person like how does this game make me feel how does this moment make me feel because that's essentially what i watched the game for not for anything else not for the numbers not for the results what do i feel in that what is what kind of emotions does it kind of bring bring out in me and i remember like there was a point in the game where it looked like it, it was on a knife's edge i think was it Sachin who who hold out to mid on or Someone, someone got out at a very crucial stage. And when Raina came into bat, it was kind of on a, you know, knife's edge. And, but but they studied the ship, both played some really good shots. And at one point you were like, okay, India is gonna win. But in my mind, I felt I I couldn't register yet. I was like, this is Australia. They can win from any stage. So I am not gonna believe it's one till it's one. And when Yuvraj hit the, the winning shot and then like fell to the pitch and just like let out this roar, I could feel like, and I'm not a very expressive person. I'm not. I can never be like a red thing and kind of express like his my my feelings like he did. But I could sense like that's what I was doing internally because with that shot, not only did we enter the semifinal, but it was memories of the previous three World Cups, um, particularly the 2003 final. Because up till that point, the 2003 final was like my worst. Well, that we close with the 2007 crashing out but the 2003 final because I remember you know I was super excited because like you said the narrative was so good. We started off terribly in 2003. You know, um there were people, you know, very upset with the Indian cricketers and they were throwing stuff at their Burning houses. Effigies, right. Stones. So common, yeah.
2: yeah. So common. What do you do burn, yeah. burn <laughs> pelt stones at the house? Uh I'm, I could never get my head around this, really. <laughs> uh
0: so when India started winning in 2003 and you know we got to the final and I was like, how good of a story is this if India lift the World Cup, right? And I, in, in my mind, I was like, we are going to win the World Cup. I was convinced. And then for Ponting, Gilchrist, I think, and Damian Martin, it was like, I remember watching it at my aunt's house and just feeling absolute misery i felt like it was a personal (laughs) affront to me that it was
2: misery i i that final was misery it
0: was it was brutal so uh, uh, from that time onwards and i was just like as long as these guys are around like the australian that core team like no other team is going to win the world cup so when you first thing hit the winning runs in that uh quarterfinal it was like a tremendous release it was like all the years of pent up frustration, like it was just released in that one instant when he hit the winning shot and just kind of crumpled to the pitch. And for me, that is just, when I look back, like across uh, like 20 plus years of following the game, as a fan uh, of a team that you've been passionately following like that, just leaving aside World Cups, just cricket in general, like that to me is like one of the top moments ever. Uh, so that along with the, the World Cup tie, uh, the tied match in Bangalore between England and India, uh, pure, just for pure entertainment, right? Because there were some good performances from both sides and then for it to end up in a tie, you know, that's the kind of games that I love to watch when I'm not too invested in, it, <laughs> uh, which is why I feel like the 2019 World Cup was really good because it threw up quite a few exciting games, uh. So that was n- number two in terms of like standout moments and then obviously uh, the, the winning moments. But uh, we'll come to that in a bit. But Mino, and I, I think even Mayank, I think you, you guys have watched, uh, Mino, you mentioned you watched the World Cup final in the stadium. Uh, Mike, you said you watched uh, two or three games at the stadium, is that right?
3: Yeah, so I watched uh, India-Netherlands, uh, which was a group stage game. Then I watched the quarterfinals against Australia and then Pakistan semifinals.
0: Well t- talk, talk to us because obviously I've um, I've never watched a World Cup game from the stadium. I mean mm. the only international game that I watched was a Test match where Dhoni hit a double hundred in Chennai but I don't know if, how it compares to a World Cup game, especially at home and especially in the context of those of those particular games that you mentioned, not the Netherlands game, but the game against Australia or uh, Pakistan for that instance but how how is it? And uh, Mike, you can go first just in terms of watching it from the stadium. What is your experience, just like the in stadium experience, and then, you know, just seeing India play?
3: So I think there's two aspects of it. One, um, I think apart from Mohali, which was a semi final, the stadium experience for fans was very shitty like there's there's no two ways about it uh, I know I know Mina has some very
0: strong thoughts on this I but, am uh,
2: I am trying to avoid I think if you'll do ever a podcast on the shitty s- facilities and how terrible they make it for the fans in India I'll come on board again I've watched many games from a teenager to a youngster to married woman I'll tell you everything <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll I'm going to
3: try that happens.
2: Yeah, this is such a good uh, uh, moment we are and So I don't want to talk about the shitty experiences of the state. Fair enough.
3: <laughs> fair enough. But yeah, I think from that, leaving that aside, <laughs> um, I think the other thing that I noticed was I had watched uh, test matches uh, at Delhi. I had watched. Um, uh, IPL games and I'd watched um, even domestic games uh, as well. So I'd watched the Rani Trophy and Ranji Trophy and all of that. And obviously, like those have no atmosphere because I was like one of the five fans. And to compare that to a test match where there's a few thousand fans, some of them are just there for, to take selfies, some of them are there to actually watch the cricket, <laughs> to a World Cup is extremely different because literally everyone, especially at Mohali, I think. And world was still a mix, but Mahali, for sure, everybody had a jersey on. Everybody was shouting on the top of their voices. And, you know, Sachin's batting at Sachin, Sachin throughout. So that experience was something else. And I've watched games since, and I watched games in England as well. Uh, and it's never been the same. Like, it's been a lot nicer to watch because things are more convenient and all of that. Right. Uh, but that atmosphere is just something else. Like, I, I don't think that can be matched. And not just in the stadium, I think outside as well. Uh, Once we had won the quarterfinals, obviously with, you know, people dancing to dolls and all of that, we didn't necessarily find an auto rickshaw back to our hotel very easily. So we were just walking mm-hmm. a while and it was just ja- dancing and uh, hugging random strangers. And it was just like, like nothing mattered in this in this country at this point. Like that was yeah. the only thing that was going on in my head and in most people's head. So it was a very different atmosphere. And then similar with Mohali, we had uh, a distant relative who came to pick us up uh, from the stadium. Um, and, you know, they, Pulled pulled us away from the stadium a little bit, and we got only about a kilometer or so before people started just partying on the roads, and everything was just blocked. Uh, What they would do is they would just park their car, you know, in a towards the left. That way, they're sort of blocking the road, and they would jump on top and start having beer and just dancing to music and that kind of stuff in Mahali. And the cops were right there, and they were like, "Yeah, I mean, we're not going to do anything. Like, have fun." Just be safe and that's that's really about it so i don't think that atmosphere can ever really be reproduced uh i mean hopefully if india win another world cup at home maybe uh, uh maybe then the facilities might also be slight uh, slightly better but yeah it was a very very different experience from having you're asking too much, matter, or... that's too much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> unrealistic
3: <laughs> i know i know
0: <laughs> so you mean you watched the world cup final at the stadium I can't even imagine how that must have felt like because watching it from afar so I, I I was in the US I'm still in the US but watching it from afar you know you know you see the stadium you see the crowds you see the build up to it and, you know they they were interviewing every random person in the street about the World Cup final because we were just gripped with that fever so I can't even imagine how it must have been. And it was a journey, right? Because like we said, the first half, we had Mahela Jairwetna score a brilliant century and scored it really well. And it was kind of dispiriting because that Indian cricket fan in you who has seen so many heartbreaks, you're like, oh no, it's not happening again, is it? So so that's that's one half of the game. And then the next half, you have Sachin and Sewa go very quickly. Um, And then the following passage or the final passage is, you know, Gambir, Dhoni, and Yuvraj kind of seal it out. So walk us through that emotional journey, right? Like right from the time you got to the stadium and then all the way through to the end, the aftermath of the... The winning runs.
2: So I have a great experience at Vankei, right? The queue and the long queues that you have to wait. <laughs> so I know exactly when to time my entry into the world, uh, into the stadium. Uh, so we got there very early. Uh, we got there at 11:30. The match was to start. It said nothing. Do just getting there. So what happened was, luckily, we were the. F- I was the first person in to enter the stadium from the gate for my stand. So that was a mm-hmm. moment of pride for me. I have a lovely photograph with a tricolor and saying the first person to enter the stadium. Uh, forget the pathetic facilities, etc. Uh, it was still better in the stand that I was in. And uh, once we got there, I like to get there early because I like to see the players warming up, Uh, you know, uh, they're doing their practice. And it's just fun to watch them in their own element when they don't have the pressure of performance, uh, how they are communicating with each other. I always like to get to the stadium. It was jam-packed. The stadium was like three hours before people had just swarmed in and it was crazy and there were chants of one day matram and there were chants of all these patriotic songs so there was a lot of patriotic fervor across uh, the whole stadium okay people were really pumped up I remember the national anthem and uh, everybody was like singing at the top of their voice and I have clips of those uh, now taken live at the stadium on my horrible some Nokia E71 model because we were not allowed (laughs) smartphones we're like, what the hell? You're not allowed smartphones into the stadium.
0: So these thing.
2: are one of the security uh, things, okay? And we just didn't want to risk it, uh, carrying the phone you know, to the stadium. So we said, fine, we'll go with the Nokia. Um, we started off very well. Zahir got made in overs. Zahir bowled exceptionally well. And then Mahela, who I'm again not a big fan of, uh, ruined the moment <laughs> for us. Yeah. And I was like, 270 something to get? I'm like, well, are we going to get this or are we not going to get this? Then Sachin comes Sevag. and I want to talk about a hilarious moment with Sevag. I love Sehwag to bits. There will never be a character like Sehwag ever again in for Indian cricket. Uh, I think I don't remember now. first over, second over, whatever. He got LBW. We are, it's not like we had a great view. I mean, we were in the V, uh, the way where we were sitting. And literally like the whole crowd was like, he's out. It's plumb. It's pretty plumb. The guy goes for a review. I feel like the whole crowd burst out laughing. What are you doing?
0: He wasted a review. He nonchalantly walks off. He, okay. he never takes time. He never takes the time. Immediately. He, yeah.
1: It mean, is the same thing, thing against Pakistan as well. Like yeah, similar a ball wrapped on the pads right in front and he took a reviewer. I think I mean, it was Junaid Khan.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Seven, like we are sitting like 10, God knows how many kilometers away, we and we know that this is plumb, okay? Like he just, he, he's, I, I love him for it anyway. And uh, he's back in the pavilion. And Tendulkar hits lovely drives and I'm like all pumped up. KD is not Sachin's uh, favorite ground in terms of scoring. So I didn't have high hopes, but again, some crazy optimism saying that oh, he should get his hundred 100. it'll be amazing, like the, the ultimate thing. Doesn't happen. 31 for 2, he gets out. Pin drop silence in the stadium, okay? Which is expected. Van KD is expected. Yeah. Sachin has got out. World Cup final we are chasing. What are we going to do? I know a few people who left. Who left wow. the stadium. I know. I know them, okay? I was like, what were you all thinking? What is wrong Honestly. with you? So... Everybody pinned off silence. Kohli walked in. Gambir and Kohli steadied the ship. And people are very tense. Match is gone, match is gone. I said, Gambir hai. Now to come. UVs to come. UVs are main ace card, right? Right, yeah. Uh, Dhoni is there. I know Dhoni had not played the entire movies very well. But I'm like, come on. You have to trust these guys. I think Gambir and Kohli had a great partnership. Uh, Gambhir doesn't get enough credit for the innings. Uh, It is, I think, without him, we wouldn't have won or chased down, okay? Keep aside Dhoni's 91. Without Gambhir's 97, at that point, we wouldn't have won that match. And then um, Kohli fell. Uh, He was frustrated, obviously, because he was playing really well, I thought. And... uh, Dhoni walked in. People are like yelling, why? Why? Yuvraj should have walked in. UV And I'm like, uh, guys, Murali is playing. Huh? You don't let UV play f- Murali. It's a calculated risk. What would have happened is, Dhoni would have not performed and gone off, but he would have probably seen off a couple of overs of Murali, right? And reduce the threat that is there for Yuvraj. You have to keep your best player for the final chase, for the final flourish. I think it was a great move. Whatever people say. It was it was not a fluke. It is not something. I think they took a calculated risk. Yeah. And it paid off so beautifully. Once Dhoni started hitting the fours and got in form, you should have seen the crowd. The crowd rallied behind them. Even when Gambhir got out, I don't think the people were tensed. Everybody knew it was in the pocket. They were like, okay, Yuvraj is going to come and uh, play along. And they did beautifully. I remember, um, I think it was 10 runs left or 12 runs left. If you go on YouTube, you'll get that clip. Uh, They started playing Vande Matram on the sound system. And the whole stadium was singing Vande Matram. I will never forget that uh, moment. Uh, A.R. Rahman's uh, Vande Matram. I think
3: it was 40 40 runs left. And I remember that because uh, because Dhoni and Yuvraj between overs were also like watching the crowd. And they were like, wow, this... This is something else. It, it felt like they were also noticing what's going
2: on. It was you know, such a goosebump inducing moment. It's 10 years, yeah. I still remember yeah. it. And uh, then Dhoni hit the six. I'll be honest, I blanked out. Uh, it fell very close to where we were uh, sitting. We blanked out. The crowd just erupted, went bonkers, berserk. Like people were then just yelling and yelling and yelling throughout. We could see glimpses, bits of the dressing room because they were on the. Uh, we were on the side of where the players were coming down. I think there was crazy, unfathomable joy that everybody felt. And like Mayang said, strangers were hugging each other in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Everybody stayed till the whole presentation was over. Sachin's whole uh, victory parade was over. Nobody wanted to leave the stadium. People just wanted to sit there and party hard, and just be there with the players. That's how the atmosphere was. We yeah. got out of the stadium and I had no, we have no idea, right? What's going on outside. The roads were choco block. I don't know how the players made it to the hotel. I have no idea. Uh, we luckily took the train. Uh, we, did, we were going to go. I stay in South Bombay. My in-laws are in suburbs. We were first thinking because it will be late night. We'll go home to my house and then next day we'll go back. But we just dropped the idea because we would have had to walk all the way to my place. And that was impossible. Uh, i don't think we would have reached so we took the train and headed back uh, <laughs> back into the suburbs people didn't stop screaming people didn't stop shouting the entire train was like the chance of all possible Sachin, Sachin, and whatnot but just it's a night i will never ever forget uh, it was an experience of a lifetime it feels a bit of a blur it feels a bit of a dream people ask me how was it and i'm like let me just check if i was i really there i was really um I don't know if I'll experience that kind of euphoria again, because like you said, Benny, uh, an entire generation waited. Uh, we grew up as kids, worked and, you know, college, work life, marriage, waiting to see India win a World Cup. And uh, that's why the euphoria was different. I don't know if I'll experience that again. Maybe we'll. this team can go on to win the 2023 World Cup at home. I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll be thr- really thrilled. I don't know if I'll experience that euphoria and that feeling. Uh, and this was kind of my team. You know, I feel like uh, I'm very attached to the northeast team. So there was a part of the northeast team. Sachin was going to go away. Seva would have gone at some point. Uh, Zahir, etc. And for me, it was just a culmination of that entire Naughty team that came together. And this felt like a proper tribute to... Uh, Dada and uh, Wright started with the Championship Trophy in 2000, and they rebuilt the team. The NatWest Trophy right. win, then Dravid and Chapel bringing, you know, uh, uh, the chasing machine. In uh, they built a chasing machine. Dhoni and Gary built it up. I just felt it was a perfect tribute uh, to that whole unit. Right. So. A fantastic experience. Uh, if you guys get their opportunities, grab it and go to every match uh, <laughs> in, in the stadium. I mean, I went for 2019 World Cup games. So like Mayank said, that great facilities, but that crowd atmosphere, you need to be in India. Uh,
0: right.
2: And for Sachin, uh, Mayank, because you said, you know, Sachin's not your favorite player. If you were in Bombay and you grew up, again, Dravid's my favorite player. Of course, I remember Sachin. But if you're in 1K Day, uh, it's goosebump-inducing moment. The time Sachin walks into bat, throughout the time he bats, and if when he gets out, it's it's a feeling, and to be do you have to be there to experience that feeling, and then you realize the attachment what what Sachin holds uh, for the crowd. People say it's the same for Kohli. I don't feel it uh, honestly. I. Uh, Sachin had something else some uh, di- deeper connection with the crowd so yeah. that's I would encourage everybody all yeah. the listeners go watch a match at the stadium go watch a World Cup game at the stadium
3: <laughs> yeah I mean I think what you said about Sachin at Vankhari I feel like that was pretty much true even at Ahmedabad and, and uh, Mohali but, but I think the one other aspect which not a lot of people realize is there's a different fun of watching an ODI especially a World Cup ODI because Uh, Like Mila said, I also watched the 2019 World Cup uh, ODI with India, Afghanistan. And even there, what I noticed was because it's a longer duration, because it's eight hours, of course, you're cheering on your teams and you're doing all that, but you also bond with the people around. So I went only with my wife in 2019 and she's not even interested in cricket. So I was explaining things to her. So even in that scenario, we ended up bonding so well with the 30 people around us that it became like a nice family who was just having a really good day out. And the game was also super close in in spite of being India-Afghanistan. So we had a really, really good time. So in that aspect, I've always felt that ODIs are actually probably the best viewing experience from a stadium than T20s or yeah, uh, test matches.
2: Yeah, test tests tend to get a bit boring because they have lull periods in between. At least in UK, right. not in India. India, I used to have a great time with test matches. Uh, you would really bond with the crowd. You you would be commenting, discussing, etc. You would make a lot of friends. Uh, but I understand what Mike says. ODI is probably the best. Uh, you have that much time you spend with the crowd to bond and it's perfect. There's something happening. There's constant action happening, right? So I really, uh, th- people really should go watch at the stadium. Don't tell me cricket is boring. Get to the stadium. Then we'll
0: talk. <laughs> <laughs> now, so you, you guys shared your experience of watching some of those games from the stadium. Now, obviously it, it's different when you watch it on TV from afar, but I still think the emotions of it is still there. It's just different, but it's still there. Himani, uh, what what were what was your reaction when Dhoni hit the winning runs? Uh what what is your emotional journey through that whole process?
1: So I don't have many emotional points of attachment with cricket. Um, okay. Murri Vijay is one of them,
2: uh, which strange is strange
0: to me. Them. But we'll talk about it some other day.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But <laughs> I have to I have to understand this. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: when I was a kid. Dhoni was my biggest point of attachment to cricket. Like mm-hmm. what Tendulkar was to you guys, probably Dhoni was to me. I used to shut the TV when he got out. I used to switch the TV on uh, when he got in. And i had been following him since his 2003 days in Kenya when he hit those uh, two tons against Pakistan A. Eh? And that's what got him in contention for the Indian team. So that moment was sort of the perfect culmination of my Dhoni, you know, yeah. fanboy life because... It was a fairy tale for him as well because he was captain. He hit the winning runs and he capped it off with the six, which was his signature move early on when he was like Pant. So he used to end matches with the six very frequently early on. So he did all that and it all sort of melded together into this perfect moment. And I remember I was studying uh, chemistry at that time, very miserable. Uh, but yeah, so that moment was, I mean, I couldn't have dreamt of it because I remember when Dhoni hit that 183. In 2006 or six, right, or five, I was prancing around my house asking my dad, Ab to ye team me rahega, na? and you know, that moment was sort of the pinnacle for me, right? Captain winning runs, everything, yeah. So, yeah, like I can't describe that, and people were crying after that, uh, yeah. So, that is my favorite moment just because of Dhoni. Because, yeah, I've been a fan of Dhoni since then, I'm not a fan now because I thought he overstayed his time, but yeah, Dhoni was my biggest point of attachment, uh at that time to cricket and there were so many
2: things against him okay at that point Uh, no wicket keeper captain had won a world cup Uh, no sri lanka won the world cup but in pakistan right not on their home ground so we were playing on home soil no host had won it on home soil and Vankidi is not a great ground if you go see india's record at vankhedi it's pretty pathetic so there were a lot of factors which were against and Dhoni wasn't having a great tournament either so yeah, yeah. for him to come and do that and give us that moment, uh, you know, I think Viv Richards heaved a sigh of relief. My catch is no longer going to be displayed on India's <laughs> World Cup <laughs> <laughs> moments and so now know, it'll
1: be Dhoni. <laughs> we, we talk about matchups so much nowadays, but Dhoni had these things in his mind right then the because right. he played Molidharan in the Nets for CSK. And Yuvraj has that high back lift, which is sort of vulnerable against off-spinners. So therefore, he went in and he countered Mudlithar amazingly because at that time, Dhoni's feet used to move very fast. His hands are still fast. His feet don't move. But he used to rock onto the back foot and punch those balls on the offside, which he did with Mudlithar. And he countered that so well. So that entire innings was sort of personal fulfillment for me. And you know, after a lean World Cup, this guy is coming on and then winning the game for us. And like, this is the... Just for the Dhoni factor, it was like a dream
2: come true. And one more thing uh, I just want to speak about is uh, UV, uh, uh, Yuvraj. I've had a lot of complaints the way given Yuvraj's talent with the bat that he never had a successful test career. Uh, And then after he had a phenomenal World Cup, I think outstanding. And then you come to know that he played with cancer. Uh, It hit me very, very badly. And I've never spoken about it. And... Why it stayed with me is I lost my cousin brother very young to cancer. Uh, he was my favorite cousin brother and it took me a lot ta- a lot of time to get over it. And whether cancer curable or not uh, hits me personally very badly. And I was shocked when I learned about Yubraj. He, he was not even 30. And to play through that, to bring up that kind of performance, to go back, uh, fight cancer, come back, make a comeback. UV will be very special for me. Whether he came back strongly or not is irrelevant to me. Uh, what he did in that World Cup, what he did with that uh, in his head that I want to do it for Sachin Paji. It just, it told me that kind of bonding those people, those that team shared uh, with each other uh, was fantastic. So... Apart from the performances and all, from an emotional angle also, 2011 World Cup will always be super, super for me. That, that's, that's like, Yuvraj is just there, uh, very high f- in, how do you say, I will always rank him very high amongst my favorite uh, players.
0: Yeah, that, that World Cup had so many good stories. You know, Yuvraj won the player of the tournament for his performances and then later we found out about his diagnosis. Um, my, my two favorite moments in the World Cup final, um, uh, one was, of course, Donnie hitting the winning six. And then the second one was when Sachin was being carried, uh, around the stadium, it was, it was carried on the shoulders of his teammates. And for me, that was a culmination of things that had happened in the lead up to it. And also a sign of things to come because when Donnie hit the winning runs, Right. It, more than I mean a lot of things still stand out like fresh in my memory from that shot Ravi Shastri's commentary still rings in my ears for people for those of us who watched on tv like we'll always associate Dhoni and Shastri just for that moment alone but for me that winning shot more than anything was Doni's reaction right anybody else any other Indian player Kohli, yuraj. What do you think would have happened? They would have hit that shot. They would have screamed their head off. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, you saw Uvraj's reaction uh, after winning against Australia. But Doni, after hitting the six, he watches it all the way. And then he drops down his bat with that twirl. He smiles at Uvraj, <laughs> who he sees running towards him, and then calmly like collects like the stump. And I was like, I mean, I, I thought about it years later too, like whenever we saw highlights of it, how much presence of mind, how much calm do you have to possess to mentally think it's a job well done? All right, let me get the stuff. Let me walk out before everyone mobs me, which he did not escape, but still. And for me, that kind of, you know, the years later, right, like the, uh, the uh, upcoming years after that, essentially India transitioned from the Indian team of the Dravids, the Gangulys, the Lakshmans, the Tendulkars to Dhoni's team. Like, for me, like, yes, he won the 2017-20 World Cup. We can talk about this another day, but I, I think there was a lot of luck involved in it. A lot of things fell in place for them to win. But the 2011 was very intentional. That was well planned. We had a good leadership, we had good management. They won the World Cup. And then that essentially cemented Dhoni's place, not just in history, but his position as the undisputed leader of the team. So for me, that was a significant moment, not just in terms of the fact that we won the World Cup, but what it meant for the upcoming years. And then the Sachin moment was, again, as a fan who grew up in the 90s, well, let let me go back to the the moment that I became a cricket fan, right? So 96 World Cup. Uh, I was in Saudi Arabia. I was living in Saudi Arabia at that time. And I was interested in only in soccer at that time, because it's a soccer mad country. And but my dad was into cricket. And he was like, you have to watch this. And I'm like, I don't know, it looks boring. But I, I I just to, you know, satisfy him, I was like, sure, I'll watch a few games. And every game that we watched, somehow it was always the games were such and played well. And that was the only thing that stuck in my brain at that time was like Sachin. And by the time it came to the semifinal, I was like, not still like a full-blown fan, but I was very much interested in seeing this Sachin guy play. And that World Cup semifinal is, it's still fresh in my memory, like 25 years on, you know, where, because it's, it's that image of this lone warrior, right? Like everyone else around him, everyone else around him falls, you know, but he's standing by himself trying to lead India to victory. It's almost like a cinema. It's got a cinematic sound to it. And then when he got out and then, you know, all of the things that happened calmly in tears, the stadium in on fire. And I remember after that, when, when my dad said, well, they essentially gave the win to Sri Lanka. I remember sitting in the car after that and just crying. And I was like, why am I crying about a game that I don't like a, a game that I don't understand? Um, but it still got all these strong emotions in me. And then since that day onwards, I was hooked onto cricket and then I was hooked onto Sachin Tendulkar. And for me, I was like, I, I really hope he wins the World Cup one day. So all those all those years later, right? 15 years later, even I would have loved to see him scoring like the winning runs and leading India to victory. And when he got out, I understood the term, my heart sank because I could literally feel my heart <laughs> drop! I was like so disappointed, uh but I, I think it was only perfect that Donny hit the winning runs because of what I mentioned earlier—that it was his team now, but also for Sachin to be carried on his show uh, on the shoulders of his teammates, and for Kohli to say that beautiful line. Right? uh I don't want to mess that up. What was that line again? Like he's carried us on his shoulders all this time. No, he's, he's carried, carried, the- carried the
1: country. He's the carried the bottom of the country on his shoulder.
0: For and twenty one years, every, yeah. For twenty one yeah. years, and now it's done. What what a I I don't know. If Coley, to say, right? I don't know if Kohli rehearsed it before, but I was like, man, what a line <laughs> to drop it. It still remains well, like one of the best cricket-related quotes that I've heard. And so for that, it was like a closure of a chapter for me. I was like, all these years, Sachin and all the other uh, illustrious batting stars. They toiled for years, you know, and we were satisfied with, you know, the occasional wins here and there. And obviously Dravid Ganguly, they were not in that World Cup squad because they had retired by then. But for Sachin to be there for that World Cup win, to have that in his resume, so to speak, it was a satisfying end to that chapter. And then bookended with, of course, Dhoni's, you know, c- cementing his position. So for me, that was like perfect two worlds or two timelines kind of merging in sync. And you you guys talked about like, you know, if you ever get a chance to watch a World Cup game at home uh, in India, you should watch it. I just don't know if we'll ever get those same feeling again. Like even if the next World Cup Kohli and team win, I don't know if it'll cause, it'll create that same emotion. It's because for all that we have witnessed over the last 20 years or the last 10 years, uh, leading up to the 2011 World Cup win, there was context to it. Now, I don't know if it'll be the same when Kohli lifts the World Cup, or not when, if he if he lifts the World Cup next time.
3: I mean, I was saying, I don't think it will be. And I think there's two reasons to it. One is, obviously, we've seen 2011. And we've seen that high. And, you know, we were connected to the team in a certain way. But it's also because the Indian team now is very good. So like, you right. won't be very surprised if they win. Like I know, yeah, they're not going to win. Wins.
1: You're more angry if they don't win. <laughs> right.
0: Nowadays. Exactly. The bar exactly. has been raised. To
1: win.
3: <laughs> right, exactly. Which is why like it, it definitely won't be the same. And I mean, it would still be amazing to be in the stadium when, and if that happens. Um. But yeah, it definitely won't be the same feeling because they were, as we talked about, you know, Australia game and all these games, there's still a lot of nervousness amongst fans and rightly so, Um. that whether it's going to happen or not.
2: Also, I think it's, uh, at least for me, it's been a part of which age group you started following, whom you started following, how you grew up. So for me, right. my entire teenage has uh, been looking up to the likes of the team of naughties, right? They debuted in the 19th. Sachin was a lone warrior, then Dravid, Ganguly, Kumlay. So for me, I have a very huge emotional connect with that team and what they transformed into post Kolkata 2001. How it completely shifted uh, the dynamics of Indian cricket and how we as fans came to believe, oh my God, we could actually go and win abroad. And they, they brought a lot of optimism, professionalism. So, Today, of course, Koholi's team and everybody deserves credit. But if you go back and think, Sachin Sachin and Ganguly, Dravid fought for player contracts, uh, got a lot of security for the players. They did. They got professional coaches in. They built that strong support staff and importance. So I felt like they laid the foundation. And for me, that's huge in what they have contributed in terms of where we are seeing the results today. This generation is a result of those efforts. And... uh, so I actually, it'll be great to see Kohli's team win. Will I be emotionally invested in them? Not not much. Uh, one, I have not followed them as much, but it was a different feeling. It was a culmination for me that that World Cup win was a gift to this whole uh, efforts of this whole generation, what they did for it. So it, it won't be the same for me, at least, I, I feel. Uh, maybe the younger lot uh, today who are in their teenage years, who are looking at Kohli who've not seen 2011 as a win will have the same feelings for Kohli. They, they'll probably, it will be 10 years down the line, 20 years down the line, they'll be talking about it as passionately as we are talking about Dhoni, Sachin, Dravid, uh, what they meant to us. Uh, that's what so, will uh,
0: happen. So then what do you, what do you think 10 years on now, looking back, what do you think is the biggest legacy of that World Cup win for the current generation of both Indian cricketers as well as fans?
2: Um, to be very honest, I don't know what is the legacy because I think Koholi's team is different from what those. Okay. They are more aggressive. They are more confident. They come with crazy amount of international readiness. They are not awed right. by the situation at all. to see the current lot. Um, I think it ended there kind of. Uh, we went through a horrible slump. If you see a record after 2011 World Cup, we went through a horrible slump. We were a team in transition uh Dhoni lifted oh sorry Koholi lifted us um in those um Hobart and uh, Asia Cup matches mm-hmm. I think that was amazing what he did and you could see the transit happening Dhoni was losing his touch post 2014-15 you know uh, so we built a great machine I think we got the process right uh they set the process from Dravid, uh, right from right I think right Ganguly Dravid, Chapel they did their bits but what uh police team has done is they are just such a professional unit I I think they are it's ingrained in them uh, they have a crazy fighting spirit they never they're just not scared that, that's my view of this team they're not awed right. by the occasion they're not scared why not defeat doesn't make any difference to them uh, they know exactly what they need to to win they know how to win. Those teams learnt, were learning how to win. Uh, Kohli's team already knows how to win. So for me, I think there's been a great... It, it set the stone for transitioning into this a mean machine is what I call them. They they are Kohli reminds me of Ponting a lot. Yeah, Kohli's Ponting. Kohli's not yeah. Tendulkar. Kohli's not Trafit. Kohli is like Ponting. Aggressive, cutthroat, will do whatever it takes, doesn't give a damn. He's like that. Uh, and they are i don't want to say that they are the aussie model or aussie school but but they are aggressive and it's good it's good to see india being aggressive you you don't have to like them as people uh, personally even i'm like i don't care what Kohli is as a person what he does i, I did not bothered. Uh, as players they're doing a great job uh, am i emotionally invested in them no but do i admire them for their performance totally that's basically
1: Kohli is from delhi
2: He is arrogant, he is rowdy, he is the way he is. Okay, you have a problem with him as a person, don't like him as a person. As as a player, he is exemplary. You can't deny that. You can't deny him his place. Uh, how do you say, his greatness or his place in the history of Indian career? That's my view.
3: So the one thing I I like that Meenal touched on was the process. Um, Because, you know, I think when the World Cup had ended in 2011, there were obviously all these people who had talked about how it was going to inspire the next generation and all of that. And I'm sure that's happening. Uh, But there's better people than me to talk about that. But what I personally thought at that point was, this is how you prepare for a World Cup. And in my mind, oh, wow, this is a great job by Gary Kirsten and MS Dhoni. Because looking back, uh, the only three players who did not play 30 matches, uh, 30 ODI games between 2009 and the World Cup were Chavla, uh, Chavla, who was an odd pick, randomly picked after just one game in the for last 30 charm. months. Yeah, for Lucky Charm. And then Sreeshant, who was injury was in replacement. The,
2: was he in the 2007 World Cup squad,
3: Piyush Chavla, the TT? Uh, in the uh, T20, not in the... Not in the actual World Cup. No, the 50-year World Cup. Uh,
2: no, but he was there, right? The common factor, Piyush Chawla. Uh, for bowling. Reacts, yes. yes.
3: Uh, and then shrishant who was an injury replacement for Piyush, uh, Praveen Kumar, who I consider extremely unlucky. Uh, and then Ashwin, who had played only seven, eight games. But obviously, they had identified him as a bowler who could potentially bowl in, in the first few overs. So I thought, yeah, they've, they have these strategies. And then like before the quarterfinals, There was this news report, which came out one day before where Gary Kirsten was slipping a note to the Indian bowlers, but by mistake, he slipped it to a reporter and they leaked it out. And the report basically said, if we bowl first, we need to restrict them at 260. And that's exactly how much Australia made. So in my mind at that in 2011, I was like, wow, this is a very thoroughly planned team. Like they know what they're doing. And, you know, there's not, they they really know what they're doing and that's why they have success. And then over the years, I read more about early 2000s. I read about 2003, I read about 2007. And honestly, there wasn't really much difference between 2007 and 2011. There wasn't even much difference between 2003 and 2007 for that matter. In 2007, we had only two people who had played less than 30 games in the squad in that whatever 20 odd month period uh, before the World Cup. And it was just such was our luck that Irfan Pathan, who was in really good form, had to change his action, lost pace, lost his, you know, lost his magic a little bit. Sehwag was out of form. Uh, Tendulkar wasn't particularly happy about number four. And obviously, it's not just luck. It's obviously a little bit of man management and all of that. Um, but what that really told me was there is a process that is in place, as, as Minil pointed out. And that's been there since the early 2000s. Um, it was just that everything fell into place at the right moment in 2011. So in in other words, like the fact that we didn't win in 2015 or 19 wasn't because, you know, yeah, there might be one or one or selection things, which we might call mistakes, but more or less they had a process in place and things just didn't fall fall together. Because let's be honest, nobody expect, expected you to actually take 15 wickets. That was not anybody's wildest guess. So Obviously, things went our way, and and we had a luck in our place. But it's very clear that there is a process in place uh, in starting two thousands with the Indian ODI team, and we may not always agree with it, uh, but they they definitely know what they're doing.
2: Uh, and to add to it, right, two thousand fifteen, when we were not giving our team much of a chance, they went unbeaten into the quarterfinals. Uh, right. So we've made the knockout. Uh, two thousand nineteen, we we were number one uh, on on the charts, right, and. It was just our luck that, hang on, it rained and you were playing New Zealand. Uh, that's it. Seam and swing, we are pathetic against uh, the okay. likes of New Zealand bowlers, right? It was that half an hour of bad luck. Fine. Forget the number four. Forget that uh, debate. Let's not go there. But they, they, how I say, they are very professional now. They they just thorough. They know what they want to achieve. They have their goals in set. So we will debate about it a lot in terms of selection, but they get it right 90% of the time. So I won't be surprised if
0: they win 2023. Manish, what, what do you think? No, oh, I completely agree with Meenal because
1: 2011 was a sort of an ending of sorts, right? Because you had these processes set in motion by uh, Greg Chappell, John right before him. And that generation sort of uh, coming in concert with people like Kohli and Dhoni sort of got that win. But in terms of legacy, I thought the 2020 World Cup was a much bigger event in terms of what kind of a paradigm shift it led to in cricket because then the IPL came along and so on. But 2011 was a sort of an ending. And then we began anew after that. Yeah.
0: I think for me, the biggest legacy um, is just that, you know, we kind of briefly talked about it as they set the bar pretty high, right? Before that, you almost got the sense that when India didn't win or win as often as they should have, we always had excuses ready. But now, just look at just look at the team uh now, like if they they won the previous t twenty series against Australia, right? Uh, i I think I'm right. in fact, check me on this. but they they did well. and then before that, they defeated New Zealand in the t twenty series. and then we lost one game and we we're quick to pounce on like selections, the batting approach, the toothlessness in the bowling. like that is the result of you know, the performances that India put up in, uh, you know, the the last few years, but it all started, I feel, with going on to win the World Cup and win it in a a fashion that showed that it was not just pure luck. It was not the result of a team, the opponents being too weak. It was, it it just showed like Dhoni led the team, like he knew what he was doing. Uh, in full command, in full control of his team. And they set that bar. And that is why ever since then, uh, we expect India to win the World Cup every single time. And if they don't, you know, and like you said, Mina, like we did, India did well in both 2015 and 2019, uh, considering the conditions, considering the team that we had, but to us, it's a failure because India didn't win. I don't see any other team, too focused on why they didn't win because they have a bunch of reasons. But for us, it doesn't matter. The result is what matters. And India didn't win. So it is a failure. That is the bar that was set by Dhoni and by Gary Kirsten. And it's it's not a bad place to be. I think it's a good, it's a good legacy. And I think um, given the fan base that India has, given the loyal fan base who are through who are with them through thick and thin, who are with them through The good times and the bad times and trust me there's been a lot of bad times uh for indian cricket so in a way it's like the team we finally have the team the players and the management that we kind of almost owed to us just based on our support um so i think that 2011 world cup will be special for so many reasons like many of the reasons that we talked about uh But just in terms of what happened before that, you know, all all the stuff that we had to put up with uh, prior to the 2011 World Cup win, and then to see the team that we have now, and they are good across formats. They may not necessarily be the number one in each format, but they are right on top. And that's a lot of it is just the work that was put in, not just by the players, not by coaching, uh, not just by the coaching staff, but even like behind the scenes at a grassroots level, all of the work that has gone, and it has taken years and years, but we finally have a good, a good team. I would actually even go as far to say we have a great team uh, for each other format. So I think that's the biggest legacy of that 2011 World Cup win, and it's really good to see.
2: Yeah, what Kohli needs is one victory. What has happened with? Police team. I think when was the last ICC win? Two thousand thirteen. Championship. After nice. police taken over, we've made it to the knockouts. We've made it to the finals. We are not winning the final. And mind you, Ganguly's team also went through. We made some seven or eight consecutive finals uh, during I think two thousand two to something. Some that period, right. and we did not win. Uh, we were not winning ICC tournament. So it's okay. I I think uh, there is an element of where they need to probably focus on whether mentally big game we are not able to perform etc that's something that they need to figure out but what i think is if they win one tournament one icc tournament, it will the switch will be on and then they will be full throttle that's that's my reading i think they're lacking that big game uh, knockout win and they'll get it we have the team for it
0: right so that was that was 10 years ago it's it's hard to believe and we've all grown older hopefully all smarter wiser for the passage of time. mine, is saying so-and-so, okay. Uh, and it's the same thing with, you know, as with everything in life, as with us, and then the Indian cricket team too. We uh, we, we trust that they've learned a lot uh, and have really improved in the intervening years. But yes, it, it is a special moment for a, a lot of us who followed the game, who followed the tournament. And, you know, like, A couple of you said, I don't think anything will come close to replicating that feeling that we had in 2011. But it is, it is a special, it is, it is special for cricket fans who have followed a team and then to see them go on and reach the biggest prize there is. So, 2011 will always be a special year. And that World Cup win will always be one of a special. Moments for Indian cricket fans. So I want to thank uh, everyone, particularly Mino, for coming on to our show and uh, sharing uh, your thoughts and memories from a special uh, from a special time in our lives. I will mention that uh, Mino, you briefly mentioned that you you did write a couple of pieces on the 2011 World Cup win. I, I read it recently, and I was your your you know all the things that you shared on this episode. It matches with what you wrote back in 2011, <laughs> 10 years cool. ago. So I will, you know, we will we'll post that link to that. Do go through it. I'm sure most of you will identify with your feelings that you had when India lifted the World Cup and uh, she took some videos from the stadium, which, you know, we see highlights on YouTube and stuff, but it's always special when you see it from a fan perspective, like from the stands. Uh, so we'll share all of that so that you can, you know, take a visual and, you know visual trip down memory lane as well
2: um i just want to say thank you guys uh first for inviting me over i really had uh it was great to relive the uh, experience again and listen to different perspectives what what it meant to all of you at different stages of our life um so thank you uh, i really enjoyed this i hope the listeners also uh, enjoy and uh, share their uh, experiences of the all <music>
0: well that's it for this episode of the last wicket a special thank you to our guest mino for coming on the show and sharing our memories of a very special world cup win you can follow her on twitter at grandeur underscore gab and do check out our website thelastwicket.com where we will be posting her article from 10 years ago, as well as some of the videos she took at the stadium. Meanwhile, do rate and subscribe to this podcast to be notified of new episodes. Follow us on your social media feeds and do spread the word about the show. Once again, thank you for listening and we hope you come back for more. From all of us here at The Last Wicket, have a great week.